0: Good morning, everyone. Yeah. We will be the generation that declare his power on the earth, isn't it? The generation is our generation, it's our time. And we need to declare his power over the earth. Hallelujah. Um, Over the past weeks, uh, we've been learning a lot And one thing we've been taking is is, uh, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Matthew 6.33, it says that, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I believe by now we know much about this scripture. We've learned a lot about it. We just want to add, add to it, and we just want to move forward with it. Hallelujah. One thing we realize is that seeking... I we say seeking, we did a bit of digging in, and uh, seeking means searching for, trying to find, look for, look about, so many things, obtain, pursue, go after, strive for, push towards, and so on and so forth. And one thing you realize is that to seek something, you can't sit still. You can't sit still to seek something. You need to be on the move. You need to rise up. You need to move forward if you are seeking. If you, see, if you seek God or you seek his word, you need to rise up. You need to read his word to know him. He is the, you know, he's the God of his word, and his word is him. So to know more of him, you need to rise up. You need to move, take that step to know him, to read his word, no matter what you know, comes your way, no matter what the distraction is. Hallelujah. Okay, in seeking the kingdom, we need to step into and take opportunities. Being a Christian comes with various challenges, trials, and temptation. As a Christian, it doesn't mean all your problems problems have ceased. As a Christian, you also go through everything everybody goes through. But the difference is that you have God on your side. You have your creator on your side who will make a way for you where there seems to be no way. Who will lift you up when you feel down hallelujah and that is where we come you know that is where we make the difference you can't be a christian and still behave as the world behave you know striving panicking i remember i used to be um, when i was in london i used to work for a firm and we started as plumbers plumbers and plumbers meet and we were about 250 plumbers plus plumbers meet and um the job moved faster than you know, expected. So it got to a time, six months down the line, they said, ah, we need to lay some people off and come and see people panicking. People panicking. And I was there cool. People said, are you not worried? I said, well, I'm not worried. I just, I just couldn't feel, you know, there And could you believe, out of 250 plumbers and plumbers' mate, they started laying off week by week, month by month, and it got to five people on the, on the, on the, on the, on the construction site. It was a Bromley Hospital, one of the hospitals they were building. And out of that five, I was still there. And the company said, can we take you on? I said, no, I don't want to be taken on. <laughs> because that time I was planning to move to uh, Manchester anyway. Yeah, so, you know, you don't have to panic and be afraid as other people were. They were afraid and panicking and so on. And they were laid off. And I was you know, sitting cool and I wasn't laid off. Because I knew the God I was serving. Amen. I knew God was on my side. Even if I get laid off, I know that something good will come, off, come come out of it. And they wanted to even take me on because they said, look, we see something different about you. We want to take you on as a permanent staff. Amen. Hallelujah. So that is what it is. Challenges you can, will come our way as Christians, but we don't have to give in. We need to rise up. We are born and placed In such an environment you know it's not just by chance that you are in this church or you are in manchester or you are in drosden or wherever you live you are not here just by chance you don't live where you are just by chance god has placed you there and you need to rise up and make a difference in uh, in your environment sometimes it's difficult when we are caught in a web you know at times you get caught in a web where it's like you look left, you look right, you don't know where you're going. It's like everything seems so difficult. There's no way out, no way, you know, forward, no way backwards. It's like you look back. You don't know where you're going. You look forward, where you you don't know where you're going. But when God is on your side, when you look up to God, you, you know he will make a way for you and you make the breakthrough. Hallelujah. Second king's please. And um,
1: so this morning we want to bring to life um, the seek ye first the kingdom and how some people in, in the Old Testament took advantage of uh, the opportunity that was placed before them so we want to read from 2nd Kings and bear with us it's quite a long scripture but we will get you through and you see why we, we need that long scripture so 2nd Kings 7 3 to 11 Now, there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had reached the edge, sorry, for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up And fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, sorry, entered one of the tents and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold and clothes and went off and hid them they returned and entered another camp another tent and took some things from it and hid them also hid them also then they said to each other what we are doing is not right this is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves if we wait until daylight punishment will overtake us let's go at once and report this to the royal palace so they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them we went into the aramian camp and no one was there not a sound of anyone only thithered horses and donkeys and the things just left just as they were the gatekeeper shouted the news and it was reported within the palace amen There's obviously there's a bit of a you know a a pre-story about the king ben hadad of aram who besieged samaria and the besiege was so long that the people in within the fortress of the palace, there was no food. So they, be, they were hungry. There was nothing going in, nothing coming out. And that is where it brought, it came to this point where the lepers were at the city gates. And I'll hand over to Ralph to continue.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we realized that, as I said earlier on, being a Christian, you get faced with so many problems, so many hardships, so many, you know. It's like nothing, it gets to a time, sometimes it gets to a time that it seems nothing is working. Or it seems when you go forward, there's a stumbling block. When you go back, there's a stumbling block. Left, right, you know. Problems come left, right, center, back, you know. So many things come your way. But you can't sit still. No matter what comes your way, you can't sit still. It's not an option. Sitting still doesn't get you anywhere. You have to make a move. Believe in God. No, you have to take that leap of faith. Believe in God, this step that I'm taking. I'm believing you for a breakthrough or to move to the other end to get the right results, to get a result. You realize that taking the story of the, leper, uh, the, leper, the men with leprosy, to start with, being, you know, having that leprosy forbids them from entering the city. So, to start with, they have a problem with themselves. Before, the city has a problem. So, so it's double problem. So you yourself, you can't go there. And before even if you go there, there's no food for you to eat. So you die anyway. And if you go to the other side, no, there's problem anyway. But I believe God gave them wisdom to take the right move. It comes to a time where no matter what the, the, the situation is, there is always a way out there's always the right way out. When you believe God and trust God, that God order my steps so that whatever, what, whatever step I'm taking will be the right way. And God will direct your steps. So I realized that to start with, they decided that no, we won't sit here and die. We have to make a move. So they got up and make it, made, made that move and decided that okay, we are going to that camp. If they kill us, we die. If they spare us, so that, to me, that was a better option rather than going to where there's no food at all. So they decided to go to the camp and you realize that when they went on their journey, so many things happen. Sometimes when we sit still, we don't know what God has prepared for us on the way. You now the barriers that has come down, the barriers that has come down that we can easily cross, but we sit there and think that, oh, there's a barrier, so we can't go. When you make the move, you realize that as you go, as you take the step, God will make the way where there seems to be no way. And you make that progress. Hallelujah. So they said to themselves, um, we'll go to the city. The famine is there. Uh, uh, If we go to the city, the famine is there. And and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans. And surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, we die. Sometimes, to seek the kingdom of God, the kingdom, and to walk in the path of God, has uh, God has set for us, we need to make difficult and an uncomfort- uncomfortable decision that will cause us to go into the enemy camp, enemy's camp. The devil or the enemy is your enemy. No matter what you do, he doesn't like you. Yeah. Like when I look at um, parliament and they say opposition, they bring, they bring something, opposition goes and kicks against it. They bring one thing, opposition kicks against it. What do you expect? They are opposition. They have to kick against it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they are, once it's not them bringing it, the devil, once it's not his plan, he has to kick against it. So once you're a child of God and you want to get that success, you want to move or do the things of God, the devil will always kick against it, but you can't sit still you have to make that move to make and, and make sure that God's purposes come to light. hallelujah so they got got up and made a move there was if there was no rising up, there wouldn't have been any success no they wouldn't have achieved what they were able to achieve, isn't it? Seeking the kingdom requires us to believe against all hope. But when they came to the, uh, to the edge of the camp, when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. Hallelujah. You realize that when you get to the obstacle, God will make a way. That's when you believe that you serve a living God who makes a way where there seems to be no way. When they got to that point where they think, oh, we are approaching trouble. God moved away the trouble. And you realize that there are so many instances in the Bible where people made moves and God took them through what they thought was hurdles. Hallelujah.
1: So, I mean, going back to the first point, you realize that the the lepers, they were out of their league. You know, there was nothing that qualified them to do what they they, um, they did. And so it is with us. How many times do we not talk ourselves out of doing something for the kingdom? The kingdom requires proactive movement. It requires that we make a choice. We make a decision. Why stay here till we die? We cannot sit on the fence. You know, Lisa and Dave talked about one foot in the grave and talked about being not dying, but being in a cycle of reproduction. Amen. And one thing you realize is that they were, first of all, they were not healthy. They're not kings. They're not soldiers. They're not influential. So, you know, there's nothing that they had to offer as far as the, the city was concerned. Because they sat, they're supposed to sit at the gate and they, 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 they ate off charity. So it's what, whatever people spared or gave them. So they didn't have anything to offer. And that is sometimes, that is how we think of ourselves. Only just that these lepers didn't limit themselves with whatever was wrong with them. Amen. You know, they didn't preoccupy themselves with the negatives and the problems, but they focused on the opportunities that lie ahead. And sometimes it's the same way when the Bible says seek ye the f- first the kingdom and its righteousness, and it talks about not allowing the worries and the cares to choke us from doing that, and also telling us our father, our father knows, he knows what our concerns are, he knows what our needs are. Amen. So we have to make a decision and make and prioritize seeking the kingdom because that's what Jesus asked us to do. Amen. Now Ralph talked about seeking the kingdoms requires us to believe against all hope. And he says that when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. Now I found that really interesting because if you read from verse, I think from verse one to three or yeah, of chapter seven, you realize that the king sent a messenger to Elisha and Elisha had already told the messenger and the king that By this time tomorrow, the siege will be over and food will be in abundance. Amen? Now, the lepers didn't know that. The lepers didn't know that God had already made a way. Amen? They didn't know that. So they made a move without even knowing that God has already made the provision. That God has already made the way. And so it is sometimes when we have to proactively make a decision to seek the kingdom in whatever way God is asking us to seek it. What we have to know that God has already gone ahead and made a way. He's already proclaimed long before our time that this is what's going to happen. That we were going to win that battle. Amen. So we shouldn't be afraid. Of making a decision. When God says us to seek the kingdom. Whichever way he's asking you to seek it. Because he has already made the way. He already knows what the outcome is going to be. Before he's asking you. And we can be confident in that. Amen. How many times do we miss out. On doing something great for God. Just because we didn't make a move. Think about that.
0: So realize that as they progressed. You know. Aramians had fled the camp, and they realized that, well, what we talked was you know, our greatest fear. It's not even there. You know, Bible says that the devil or the enemy is like a roaring lion. It's like, doesn't mean that he's a roaring lion. Something is like, means he acts like. So it's like seeing a shadow. It's When you see a shadow, it means the person is around. But it doesn't mean that's the person, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So he's like a roaring lion. It means he's like a lion that roars, but he's not actually a lion. He's not as frightening as you think. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So they made progress, went into the camp, and they realized that, entered the tent and realized that, wow, there was food, there was meat, there was everything that, you know, that, you know, can be taken And that's how it is like. When you make that bold step and you enter into God's plan, you make that move. You realize that God will make a way. And you realize that there will be what you are seeking for. That's why the Bible says that, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. All the things that they, they thought they couldn't have, now it was just there for them. No restriction. No hindrances. Hallelujah. And it was just there for them. They could take as much as they could. They can and then something happened. Then they said to each other, What are we doing? What we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let us go once and report to the royal palace. Hallelujah. What we drew from here is that you know, as we seek God, as we make progress, you know, we've gone past sitting down. You know, If you still want to sit down, that's a big problem. But when you rise up and make the move, move into God's plan, move into God's purposes, you realize that you come to a point of progress. We are here because somebody spoke to us the good news, and we got saved. And we are enjoying you know, the fruit of that. We enjoy the fruit of Christ, the, what Christ has for us. But we can't sit down and say that we are enjoying it ourselves. We have to, you know, they said that we can't, what we are doing is wrong. We have to make the move. We have to go back and tell them. We have to go and tell them of the good things that you know, we, have, we, have, we have seen or what we are enjoying. So that they will also come and take part of it. As Christians, we have to rise up and go and tell them what we have seen what we are enjoying, what, you know, what we have come into, so that others will also come into it, and they also enjoy, and they also go, and then you know, the cycle continues. We can't sit down and say that we are enjoying it ourselves. It's not good. Hallelujah.
1: So Jesus says to us to seek the kingdom. He has a bigger plan that is bigger than that four-letter four word, which is seek the kingdom. Now, the lepers, they didn't know that they were part of a bigger plan. You know, they just thought that they were hungry, we needed some food, let's go to the camp, let's find some food. But the revelation of the bigger plan for me is when they decided that we need to go and tell others. Mm. The kingdom of God is good news, and that good news deserves to be shared. Not that it deserves to be shared, he wants us to share it that is the reason why he gave his only son. Amen. So that all everyone who hears it will be saved. Amen. Amen. So the kingdom of God is not just for us to keep. So if we found righteousness, if we found peace, if we found joy, if we found health, if we found abundance, and ultimate of all, if we found salvation to the son, why do we want to keep it to ourselves? The Bible says that they said, if we wait till morning, something bad is going to happen. Which is to me is, do not spare any time. Take the opportunity. Do not waste time. Do not let another second pass. As soon as the the, the, the thought crosses your mind that you need to share, that you get up and share the kingdom. Amen. These men gave everything. You know, the security, everything, the, you know, the fear of them being killed. They forgot about it. Matthew thirteen forty four and 46, when you read about the parable of the kingdom, it says that it's like a, a treasure that a man discovers in a field. But then he sold everything to get that field. Give up everything. Insecurity, whatever it is that prevents him, give it up, all up for the sake of that. Amen. And he says that it's like a merchant on a lookout for choice pearls. You know, when we started reading, Ralph talked about the the different meaning of seek. And this one says the merchant, he is on the lookout. We have to be on the lookout for the opportunities that God is opening up to us. We have to be on the lookout for what God is saying to us each day. He wants, how he wants us to seek his kingdom and also going giving up everything, but not just that, but making sure that others are also brought into the kingdom. Amen.
0: Uh, when we go through the Bible, we realize that there are examples of so many people who rose up and made a move and then, you know, brought deliverance or brought you know, got their healing or got so many things. For example, we have uh, Jesus going onto the cross, you know, There was a need for someone to go on the cross. And Jesus, you know, stepped in and went on the cross. He rose up. He made the move to say that I'm going to save mankind. Hallelujah. When you look at Esther in the king's palace, she also made some move to get her people saved, isn't it? Uh, When you look at Moses, he had to deliver the Israelites. He had to make a move if he didn't decide to go back to israel you no know, it's it's like hindrance isn't it you're going back to the place that they you know they want to kill you going back to you know problem he decided to go back and he was able to save the israelites from the hands of the egyptians the woman with the issue of blood so you know realize that making a move it doesn't only entails um saving someone saving you know, it also entails to get your healing you have to rise up. If you just sit still and you know, believe what the doctors are saying, believe what is, has come your way. That I, some time ago, I was talking to somebody and said, oh, this my sickness is not going. If you are believing that this is your sickness, then how do you expect it to go? It's not your sickness. Hallelujah. So you rise up. You, remember, you realize that the woman with the issue of blood, there was so much crowd in those times when Jesus was passing by, I believe there was so much crowd. But she pushed her way in and out through the crowd and said, but if I could touch the hem of his garment. You see, we have to get that mentality that no matter what is around us, no matter the obstacles, but if I could touch my maker, if I could touch, get hold of him, I will get my breakthrough or I'll make some, you know, the difference will come. Hallelujah. The man at the pool, you know, the man who was waiting at the pool for over 30 years to get his deliverance. Imagine people with, you know, strong legs and so on, you know, with good sights, also wanting their. You know, there were so many people that were hindering him from getting his deliverance, but he persisted. He said, I will, you know, I'll be here. I will, I'll continue to like, get what I want. Hallelujah. That takes us to persistence, perseverance.
1: So before we move into perseverance, I just want to share something with you, um, just to bring to bring this to light a bit. So, you know, like my job, um, I work with Highways England and we deal, I have to say this, we deal with all the major roads. <laughs> so motorways and air roads, not local roads. <laughs> so if you have a problem with local roads, that's not me. <laughs> Okay, so um, when I get to work in the morning, I get my cup of tea, I switch on my computer. I always keep a to-do list. So I'll have my to-do list from the previous day. And I will go through the list and I'll prioritize because maybe something's changed. Now, I'll go through my emails and, change, and check if I've got anything else coming in that's going to have an impact on that, prioritize, uh, that to-do list. Sometimes I check in with my boss as well to see if there's anything burning that needs to be done before I kind of get on, on my list. Now, sometimes my boss might tell me that I should do this. So I'll I'll start doing that. But then maybe a few minutes, a call will come that maybe the chief, um, our CEO has a problem. He's gone through some junction. There's a problem there. He needs this to be resolved. ASAP, find out how we can resolve these issues. Now, my job is to forget about everything. That takes priority for that day or two days or three days or one week, how long it takes for me to find a solution to that problem. And so it is with our father, when he says, seek first the kingdom. Every day, we check in with him. Every time we check in with him, what does seeking your kingdom today looks like? What do I need to do to demonstrate that? But more importantly, it takes priority over everything. So there are so many things on my to-do list. And you'll be surprised. There are things that I've I've had there for six months that I've not had a chance to do anything with it. Those are called the cares of the world, the worries of the world. They are on your list. They are on your mind. But you don't need to do anything with them. Because the moment you go onto the bottom of the list, it chokes it takes time away from what's more important and what needs to be done. Now I can say to my boss find somebody else to do it. I don't care or I say okay I'll do it but then I don't do it and then the time comes for me to deliver something and I'll just say well um, it was more important for me to you know go to lunch with my friends so I really didn't do it. That that's a choice, you know, but that comes with a consequence, you know, I can do it, but I will face the consequences or I can do it, do what my boss is asking me to do. And the result is I find a solution. The CEO is happy. My boss is happy. Maybe I get that promotion, but it goes beyond that because when this, when the junction is resolved. It goes beyond an individual driver. It's part of a bigger picture. Because now people get to drive through that junction more quickly. And because of that, they get to their workplace more quickly. And because of that, everybody saves 20 minutes of time and uses that as reproductive time. And because of that, that comes back to the economy. So our father's plan, when he says, seek first the kingdom, is much bigger. It's part of a much bigger plan. And you play a role in that plan. So when you don't do it, a whole lot of things go wrong down the line. And if God doesn't open your eyes to see, you just think nothing's happening or nothing is not happening. But you are causing the kingdom not to come to fulfillment as she should. Because you didn't prioritize your part. Amen.
0: We will be the generation that declares your power. Hallelujah. So that takes us to the point of uh, perseverance. You know, when, when I went through people who made good use of their time and achieved something, you realize that it takes a, an awful lot of perseverance to be able to achieve what you want to do. Perseverance. Because against all the odds, against all the obstacles, against all the problems and your own problems, problems, family problems, you know. But against all these problems, you can't say that you are sitting still. You can't say that you're not, you're, you know, you are not seeking God first or making that move towards God's plan for your life or for the environment that we are in. Hallelujah! That we will be the light that will shine in our environment. So we talk about perseverance. Realize that most people that went through so many things to bring talk about Esther, talk about Christ, talk about Moses, whatever it is, Moses' ten plagues, just imagine the things that he had to go through to bring, you know, the Israelites out, uh, the Israelites out, out of Egypt. It, it takes a great deal of perseverance, isn't it? So realize that perseverance is, has to be part of us as Christians. If you can't persist or, you know, put something into it, you can't you can't you can make it or you can't get that you, you can't achieve what you want to achieve otherwise you go a little you have enough you've had enough and then you stop but there's a saying i don't know if it's a general saying it says that, he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day the problem will still be there what needs to be done has to be done if you think you can run away from it you come back to it and you realize that you have to fight that same fight Hallelujah. So, persistence is doing something despite difficult or delay in achieving success. Or trying to, do, trying to do or continue doing something in a determined way despite having problems. Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficult or difficulties or failures and so on and so forth. So, we need that level of persistence in our life persistency. Persist- we have to be persistent to be able to make it. Without that, as a Christian, it will be difficult because you always be giving up. Because life, as a Christian, doesn't mean everything is buried on roses. Hallelujah.
1: So, what have we learned? What did we learn? It's, it's interesting because we've been talking about seeking first the kingdom. We talked about needs and lack. Amen. And I found this really, really interesting. Because you know the lepers, they started with a need. Now, most of us will say that if we are hungry, that's not a need. But if you've been hungry for a long time, that becomes a need. It moves into the category of not just a want or a luxury, but a need. Amen. So the lepers, they started with a need. They felt that they needed something. And Pastor Tony talked about... That if sometimes some of the things we lack, it's not because we lack something. It's because there's a need that needs to be met. And for these lepers, the need was them to be fed. Now, the need led them in to make a decision to move towards something that they would never have moved towards. Now, when they moved towards it, their need was met. When we move towards God and we ask God to search us. To find the thing that we need, God meets us. And that's what God did for them. You know, God had already made the provision for their need to be met. Even before they recognized that they had a need. And that is what, what it is with us. It doesn't matter what you think your need is. It is no greater than anything that God can do. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that you need that God cannot resolve. That God hasn't got a solution to. Or God hasn't got a provision to. Amen. So their needs were met at the camp. But you see, when God meets our needs, it's for a greater purpose. So it's okay to start with you thinking about yourself that you you have a need. But when God opens your eyes to see that that need was met for a greater purpose, we have to make movement towards achieving that greater purpose. Amen. And that's what they did. So they move from just a need to their need being met and to saving a whole city. And that just came from I'm hungry. I need to eat. Wow. There are some little little needs in our lives that we think, oh, it's nothing. I yeah, I can live with it. I'm not breaking anybody by not resolving this need. I'm not persistent. That's fine. I'll get through life. It's all right. And yes, you get to heaven and it's all right. But the cities that are meant to be saved will not be saved. The people that are meant to be delivered will not be delivered. The people that are meant to come into the kingdom will not come into the kingdom. And that's really frightening. Just because I do not allow God to meet me at the point of my need. You know, it's, I was thinking about the stand up, step in, stand upon and stay in. When we stand up and we step in, we make a choice to make a proactive, take a proactive action. And that's what they did. They made that choice. Why sit here till we die? Why sit here till we die? Maybe dying could have been an option because anyway, we're not healthy. I have heart problems. You know, I may die tomorrow. So yeah, I'll just sit here and wait and die. When you stand up and you step in, you're asking yourself that question. Why sit here till I die? And then it says, stand upon. They stood upon the word. Maybe they didn't know they were doing it, but the word had already come. Elisha had already spoken the word. They may not have known it, but the word had already come. But we know the word had already come. We know it because God has said it to us. It's in his word. And the elders say it what you know, week in and week out. So we have to stand upon that word. And we have to stay in. Stay in in the kingdom domain. Amen. Stay within the kingdom that God is calling us to. Every time when we walk, we stay in it. Every time we bring people in it, we stay in it. Amen. Until the day that he comes fully. Until the day that the kingdom is established fully. Until the day that we are with him and we are reigning and ruling with him in that kingdom. Amen. I'll leave you with one scripture. Ephesians 4. Sorry, Ephesians 5. 14 and 17. this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Let us take every opportunity that God presents to us in our pursuit of seeking his kingdom. Amen.
2: Let's stand to our feet. You know, making the most, making the most of anything or everything is, is making the most. It's thinking about this afternoon when you go home, I say, make the most of this afternoon. What, what, what will that mean to you? Will it mean you relax? Will it mean you go out as a family? Let's make the most of the afternoon. Let's make the most of this weather. Yeah, let's make, the most of the, the, let's make the most of the rest of the money we have. And you start thinking, don't you, of how certain actions then and decisions and choices then have to be made in order to make the most out of that something. If I said to you, you've got 20 years left of your life, and I said, make the most of it, do you think you might give it some urgency and priority? Yeah, The first thing you'd want to do is spend as much time as possible with your family. Yeah, You'd want to go and visit your father, your mother, your parents. And you would prioritize very quickly what's important and what's urgent. By that very statement, you've got so many years left to live. Now, none of us know how long we've got to live. But to seek first, Irene said it so well, It means, I think it was Irene or one of them said it anyway. (laughs) An action. An action has got to be done. You can't do it sat down. You've got to be doing it proactive. Be the move. That's proactive. Yeah? To preach the gospel is to open your mouth. But to demonstrate the kingdom is done by your actions. To demonstrate something is to act. To speak is to open your mouth. I believe that what God is showing us as a house is your belief is no longer good enough. Just let that sink in a minute before you think, what do you mean my belief's not good enough? Your belief alone is not good enough. You think your belief alone in God is what all that God requires. That's not all he requires. He requires you to demonstrate what you believe. You come to church, you listen to a good-looking couple like these two, and you think, I did my duty this morning, Lord. I went to church. I smiled. I listened. I went home. God said, but what did you do with it? I went to church, Lord. I listened, and I went home. But what did you do with it? But, Lord, I keep going to church. Well, the devil comes to church, and sometimes you bring him, and sometimes you take him home. So, there's an urgency of the kingdom coming to our lives. Why is it an urgency? Seek first. Above all, if you get yourself in trouble, there's one question can be asked. What's first in your life? There's trouble that comes by putting things first and there's trouble that comes by putting things last. Just raise your hands a minute. I want you to ask yourself, what am I not putting first? What should I be putting first? Why is the, are the worries and concerns of life choking me? Is that the first, foremost on my to-do list? Is to go and sort out my everyday concerns. Are those concerns choking my life? Is it money? Is it family? Is it job? They're the things that every day will always potentially speak to us. But to know God is first is to have a deep assurance. is to have confidence and belief that as you step out the house in the morning, you're knowing that everything's all right in the kingdom world. To know everything's right in your life in the kingdom world is first and foremost. And when those things are not right in the kingdom life, you put them right first. So that the issues of life can be dealt with secondary. But kingdom must be first. That's why we can say, it is well with my soul. Why? Because I know from heaven to me, everything is in alignment. I'm walking in his will. I'm listening to his voice. I'm demonstrating where I get the opportunity and and, and, uh, availability. But Father, this morning, Lord, we thank you for your word Because it comes from the mouth and the heart of God. Thank you for the servants who prepared it and delivered it to our hearts. Father, we do not want to be a church. Listen to my heart, church. We do not want to be a church who listen and hear only. Only some of you said that's right. All of us should be saying that's right. Because when we all say that's right, then we say... I will not be that person who just sits and listens. But Father, help me to be a person who stands up, steps in, stands upon until the kingdom manifests. Father, we pray for our nation this morning. Father, I feel in the spirit that we're coming to a point of judges where no one is capable of leading. But people will judge. So I pray, Father, Lord, if this is a time where you're forming and shaping a true leader in the background, then, Father, just like when David was in the background, and yet the war was still going on, the taunting was still going on, but you built and you formed and fashioned a young shepherd boy from the back of the desert. So, Father, one day when this young boy comes and delivers those sandwiches... And they misinter, his own brothers misinterpret his own heart. Father, your man was ready to step into the battle. And I pray, Father, Lord, in this house and over this nation that you would raise people on the far side of the desert. Men and women, Lord, who know what it is to hear your voice. Men and women who have privately fought the lion and the bear in their own lives. Men and women, Father, who just seem to be going about their business until one day, oh God, you bring them into the enemy's camp and you let them hear the enemy's voice. And something of the righteousness of God stands in their hearts and says, I will not allow this environment to be contaminated any longer by what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. And Father, at that point, your man, your woman stands up and steps in to the arena Of which they were born born for. And Father, I pray right across this house. Form your men and women, oh God. Form men and women in the back of the desert, Lord. For the fight that is about to come upon us. And I pray for that leader, Lord, in our nation. I pray, oh God, at the right time, at the right time, oh God, at the right time, the right man or woman will step into the arena and hear the cause. And Father, they will stand up and declare, oh God, what needs to be declared. Give us a righteous man. Give us a righteous woman. Father, not just a politician, a righteous man and a righteous woman for our nation. Because Father, only righteousness exalts a nation. Father, we don't want a political leader. We want a righteous man. Oh God, we ask you, Father, right now, let righteousness exalt Great Britain. Not another politician who can flower us. But my God, I pray the hand of God will be so upon our nation right now. In this turbulent, chaotic time in our history. Father, it's the time of nations. Nations. It's the time for nations to rise and listen to the will of the creator God. So, Father, let's just declare it over our nation. God will reign sovereignly. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. God will reign sovereignly. But listen, don't, don't do nothing. Pray for your nation. Don't just stand there and say, well, God knows what he's doing. Yes, but also join with heaven and pray. Pray for God. Pray for God's hand to move sovereignly upon our nation. Oh, Father, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know when we started praying for Brexit? All the things that we declared are coming to pass. We said destruction and chaos. Phil was watching a documentary on the plane. How European Parliament was trying to sabotage... In the background. It's the very thing I said would happen. They will stall and stall and stall, knowing that by their stalling in Brussels, it creates confusion in Britain. Because they don't have to change. They're not the ones who's leaving. We're the ones who want to leave. But this has not only been about Brexit, this has shown you politically what is not in our nation. Leadership is not in the government. It's exposing them. So absence will always reveal. When there's lack in the nation, it will always reveal what is absent. When there's lack in your house, it will always reveal your attitude. Whenever there is lack, behind the scenes, God will always reveal what truly is absent in your house. And right now, what's absent in Great Britain is true leadership. When the economy is going okay, it takes a different kind of leader. But when the nation needs a pivotal moment, or what I say, when the nation meets a pivotal moment, a leader with a difference has to stand up and step in. And right now, Britain needs a leader with a difference. Because this leader is going to have to challenge the lion and the bear on the other side. Because the lion and the bear is confident. It thinks it's got the nation in a stronghold. So it takes wisdom. To know how to, un, to untie the hands of the enemy over a nation. So the only way they'll do that is by saying let's go for another referendum. And all of a sudden we've given the people what they want. And now we can all go back to leading leaderless lives. Is that what we really want? No. Stand up and be counted. Stand up and be shot. Or stand up and lead. Amen? Amen. I still feel the same about, prophetically about our nation as we did when we started seeing these events unfold. And I want you to see that that, the kingdom is the highest priority. Because the kingdom must come and sit upon every other kingdom. Yes? Yes? It's not the the nation and then the kingdom. It's the kingdom that must rule and reign above all and everything else. Amen. Let's just raise your hands once more. Let me give a blessing. Father, let the blessings of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon this fellowship. Let the fellowship of the Holy Ghost fill every heart. Let the fellowship of the Holy Ghost, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of our Heavenly Father be in our hearts now and forevermore. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you.